Hello and welcome to the Portfolio Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, John Bryson, Head of Investment Consulting and Education Savings here at John Hancock Investment Management. Today is October 18th, 2023, and I've invited Adam Weigold of Manual Life Investment Management to the podcast. Adam is Head of Manual Life's Municipal Bond Team, and he's the Senior Portfolio Manager on the John Hancock Municipal Bond Funds and SMA Strategy. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. Hey, listen, I want to jump in and get your perspective on the current state of the muni bond market, what you're seeing, what trends are evolving. Yeah, so it's it's certainly been exciting, and, and I'm not sure if exciting is, is the proper word for, for the recent rate volatility we've seen in the market. Um, it's been, I would say, two years of challenging fixed income environments, and, and the muni market is, is really no exception. So I, I think there's there have been some trends, and, and maybe longstanding trends in our market, that, that have recently reversed, and, and I'm talking about flows into the market, issuance levels, uh, players in the market, and, and really how people invest in, in munis. Um, if you go back a year, munis saw massive outflows, so our, our retail investor base uh, is, a, is a bit reactionary and, and pulled a significant amount of money out of the market last year um in, in 2022 and and we really haven't seen that money return in fact we've seen i would say uh persistent but low levels of outflows out of our market that that our retail investors just not comfortable getting back into fixed income uh and and back into munis so it, it has been challenging in that respect um there are there are some offsetting factors where issuance uh in our market is down so unlike the treasury market and some other markets that are seeing much higher levels of issuance uh, muni issuance is down, and so issuance is sometimes governed by levels of interest rates, and as rates go up, uh, you see fewer uh, participants entering the market. Um, they're either waiting for lower rates or pushing out their borrowing, or, or maybe some borrowing just doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, and then on the credit side, so uh, you know, for the past decade, I think state and local governments specifically have, have been challenged somewhat. Uh, but but over the past couple of years, we've seen a, a pretty solid improvement in in the underlying credit. So balanced budgets, surpluses, uh, higher levels of cash on hand, uh, lower levels of borrowing. And so the underlying fundamentals of, of the credits in our market look strong, even if they've underperformed from a total return perspective. Uh, and then maybe maybe the players in the market and, and how people invest, um, you know, the players have changed. So. You know, we, we have retail investors, but we've historically had kind of a, a low level of institutional holders in banks and insurance companies, uh, and they've really pulled out of our market. So for tax law changes and, and various other reasons, uh, they're less significant in our market. So we, we've gone to more of a, a retail centric investor base in our market, and, and that can cause some problems for us. Um, and then how people invest, so how people buy munis. So if you went back 20 years, you, you had investors who were buying individual bonds, and that was really the way they, they accessed the market. Uh, that turned into, I would say, at least a decade ago, uh, primarily individuals buying mutual funds. Uh, and then we've seen a, a, a an increase in investors using SMAs and ETFs. So the, the dynamics in the market have changed. Uh, I would say the fundamentals of, of the market that underlie it are, are still very strong. So you know, it's been challenging from a total return perspective, but I think that the muni market still offers a unique investment here where you have much higher rates, 
and an attractive entry point, uh, and the fundamentals of the market are, are still pretty strong. Excellent. You, you mentioned a couple of things that I want to dig into, um, starting with the, the buyer base. You mentioned that the muni bond market, the participant is largely the retail investor. Uh, let's dig into that. How does that change the dynamic of the muni market? Yeah, so I, I think a lot of investors think of munis as as maybe a core holding, uh, a, a stable part of their portfolio, uh, one being a bond, and, and then also the underlying high credit quality that, that we see. Uh, but because of the nature of, of our buyer class, we tend to see, I would say, more movement of, of assets. So retail investors can be a little fickle. They can be reactionary. They tend to move in herds. And that's exactly what we saw in 2022. So if you have a large portion of the market pulling out at any given time uh, with, with maybe a less than liquid market, you see bigger moves in pricing. And that's what we saw in 2022. Uh, and, and we've seen it historically throughout you know, Meredith Whitney, the taper chance from the financial crisis, where you have these big drawdowns in, in muni pricing that usually reverses itself pretty quickly once kind of the, the, the rate environment stabilizes or, or whatever the, the, the issue was uh, resolves itself. Um, that, that really hasn't happened this year, and our retail investors have been sidelined. And you know, I, th I think for, for good reason, uh, the, the alternatives out there, which are really money market funds and cash and short-term treasuries, are providing a pretty solid return. And I think that the retail investor has a hard time buying fixed income when when the Fed is still raising rates. So I, I think we're waiting for a, a signal from the Fed, almost like a, a bat signal for bonds that says, all right, it, it's time to get back in. Uh, and, and when we've seen that in the past, we generally see retail moving back in mass. Uh, and, and especially if that were to happen in the next couple of months or even probably in the next six months, you know, there's just not enough bonds out there to buy uh, if you have that money flowing back into the market. So while we haven't seen the big bounce back that we have historically seen, you know, I think I think we're poised to see that we're just waiting for the catalyst. And, and I think the catalyst really is a stable stabilization in in rates um, and, and a, a, a sign from the Fed that, that they're done raising rates. Uh, and, and maybe we have seen, and, and, and again, our reactionary investor is, is looking at all this data that's coming out and you know, higher CPI levels, uh, uh, retail sales that, that surprise, and, and some of the strength and economy that's driving rates up potentially. Uh, I, I think we need to see a lot of the noise die down before we see the retail investor come back. But you know that, that provides opportunities um, in, in I would say working around how retail investors buy and sell. We're a, a market that's been around for a long time. It's a core portion of a lot of investors' portfolios. Uh, I, I think that once money market rates start to come down, uh, you'll see people get more excited about the rates in our market. And you know, I think they should be excited now that uh, the rates that we're seeing we haven't seen in, in a decade. Okay, that's great to hear. We're going to dig into some of that those points you made there too. I do want to stay with the comment that you made around uh, the current uncertainty in the economy. Now, in a typical volatile market, investors typically shy away from high yield markets in general. Um, do you find that also happens in the high yield muni market? So, so it does, and I think may, maybe it's it's a mistake. Um, and what we've seen, and, and I always compare munis to corporates because it's kind of the, the most comparable asset class, corporate bonds uh, to, to munis. 
And what we've seen in the corporate bond market is spreads that have remained pretty tight, um, especially in the high yield space. Uh, in the muni market, we've seen spreads widen out. Uh, they've recovered a little bit this year, but they're they're still historically wide. So we're we're definitely seeing uh, investors in our market avoid high yield muni funds, avoid moving down the credit curve. So even into triple Bs and, and single A's. Uh, but I think that that's a mistake in the long run. That there's there's really a lot of opportunity there, and you know, we're we're a market now where our our lower rated credits have have wide spreads. So we are pricing in a recession, whereas the corporate bond market doesn't seem to be pricing in a recession. So I think it's you you can be negative on credit, but you can still be positive on muni credit because it's priced in now. Uh, and then if you look at how high yield munis and and uh, not necessarily just double B and below, but triple Bs and, and low single A's, how they perform uh, in recessions, munis in, in that space tend to perform pretty well. So we, we generally see, and, and if you think about kind of the, the types of credits we have in our market, uh, it's electric, electric utilities, it's water and sewer systems, airports, ports, uh, and, and then of course, general obligations, state and local government bonds, they tend to, to have stickier revenues. Uh, if you're comparing a, a car company versus a water and sewer system, uh, you know, most, most uh, customers continue to pay their bills in, in a recession, whereas they might go out, not go out and buy a new car. So from a cash flow standpoint, municipal credit tends to do better. Uh, and, and from a spread perspective, we generally don't see muni spreads blowing out in, in recessionary environments where you do see that in the corporate market. So I think we're we're priced for a recession, so we're we're ready for it. Um, but I think that that just shows that, that there is value as you move down the credit curve in these. Excellent. So another thing that we run into when we're talking to financial advisors and investors is looking at the muni asset class as only for high net worth individuals and only for like a buy and hold strategy. Do you follow that assertion? And as a an active manager. How do you incorporate that into your own approach to managing funds? Yeah, so it's not just for high net worth investors. It's really for anybody who pays taxes, um, that, that there's value to uh, not not paying taxes and, and keeping your entire coupon. And, and many times the tax equivalent yields on unis are higher than the yields that you would get for comparably rated corporate credits. It's also one of the asset classes that has the least correlation to your equity portfolio. Uh, so, so that's helpful. Uh, I, I think that as you as you get into higher tax brackets, certainly the math makes more sense, um, and and that you know, high net worth investors benefit more. But it, it's really, I think, over the long haul, uh, an, an asset class where you get good returns for a low level of risk. Got it. And then the the buy and hold component. Yeah, you'd mentioned before the dynamic changes in certain market environments really when it gets volatile how does that impact the way you manage your funds yeah so i, I think for the retail investor you, you you might normally think all right you buy a 30-year bond and you hold it for 30 years but what we've seen is the holding periods in, in mutual funds for individual bonds and smas are, are much shorter than that so um you know it our, our buyers may think of it as buy and hold but the, their their actions don't necessarily follow that uh, for us as investors, we are, I would say, more total return investors. So the, there's all sorts of inefficiencies in the market. There's all sorts of uh, interesting aspects 
know, 60,000 different issuers and there's 1.2 million QCIPs in the municipal market. And, and it's a market where uh, there, there's not as much information outstanding uh, as there is in other markets. So, you know, I think it's a market where you can go in and roll up your sleeves and find some really good credits at really good prices that maybe other folks aren't looking at. And then for, for us as a manager, you know, we think about total return. Uh, we're not just buy and hold investors. We we want to look at the market, uh, makes make some assumptions and predictions, and then position our portfolios where we think they're the best returns are going to be. So we're not just clipping a coupon and and, and when that bond matures, buying another bond. We're looking uh, and to be dynamic in the market, shift our duration, our credit quality, our sector exposure, our our the structure of the types of bonds. Uh, that we buy based on changing market conditions and, and our market is always changing and you know, I, I like to think that our market always gives you opportunities in different places uh, and and really it's up to a prof professional manager to, to roll up their sleeves and, and find those opportunities excellent so let's let's continue that down that path of where we are currently how do valuations look currently how are fundamentals in the muni market do you think they're positioned to withstand this potential economic downturn that people kind of forecast? Yeah, so I, I think that the the answer to that question is depend it depends. And you know, all all valuation is is relative. So we usually look at how are munis pricing to treasuries or how are muni munis pricing to corporates. Um, and and our market is a different market. So our, our yield curve looks different, uh, the, the credits are different. And there are parts of our market that, that look very attractive relative to corporates and treasuries and, and some that, that don't. So if you're just looking at our yield curve and maybe where the attractive points on the yield curve are, um, you probably have to go out past eight, eight years or so um, to, to get bonds that look attractive relative to corporates. But once you get past eight years, they start to look very attractive. So our yield curve is is actually upward sloping, where right now the treasury curve is is more or less flat. Um, so the further you go out, the more income you pick up, and you know it, it's fairly steep. the The curve is fairly steep from from kind of eight to sixteen years. So for us, you know, I, I think that that space offers a nice opportunity, kind of a, the intermediate or intermediate long space for for long term total return. Uh, a lot of our our, our investors like short duration bonds uh, in our market, so there's less demand out there. Um, but I think that that's kind of an interesting space. And then if you look at credit quality, I mentioned credit spreads are still wide. So if you can do the research and, and look at the underlying fundamentals and find good credits in that A range, the triple B uh, range, that, that also provides you with some value. So our, our feeling is that at some point, and, and it's been very hard to make any good predictions recently about what, what yields are gonna do, at some point our, our yield curve is gonna flatten, that long-term rates are gonna come down as inflation comes down, as the Fed stops raising rates, uh, and you'll see better better return out, out long. And then we think that the, the, the spreads that are historically wide uh, we'll start to tighten up. And, and again, I, I mentioned we've seen some spread tightening this year and high yield has outperformed high grade, uh, but I think that will that will continue. So, you know, I think the total return opportunities here are, are pretty strong uh, because one, you're getting in at a much higher yield. So your, your base coupon, what, what you're earning out of your bond is much better. Uh, and we are in a period of elevated rates. So if, if your belief is like, like ours, that eventually rates are gonna start coming down, 
there'll be some total return embedded in, in your purchase. So, and then again, the underlying fundamentals of the market are, are, are good. Issuance is low and credit quality is, is, is solid. Excellent. So it sounds like a lot of positives going on. Uh, certainly if you do your homework and if you do your homework, you know, you're going to find these opportunities and hopefully avoid defaults, but default risk is on folks' minds. What kind of default expectations should people have in a muni market uh, if we hit it, head into an economic downturn? Yeah, and, and and I will say there are a lot of positives, but we are a rates-driven market. So we, you know, having come off a, a, a pretty tough year in 2022 and another year in, in 23 where our, our returns are are more or less flat or, or maybe down, you know, all, all is not wonderful in the rates market. But, you know, I think if if you look at default rates going into a recession in, in munis, we don't have great numbers on historical default rates, but we can kind of look at upgrades versus downgrades versus corporates. Uh, and then how, you know, how, how, Muni credit has performed in the past, and and it generally performs pretty well. Uh, for for kind of the reasons I mentioned, the the underlying credits and the types of credits they are are more resistant to to I would say economic downturns than than corporate credits. So you, you generally don't see a lot of defaults, and defaults in muni, the muni space are are rare. Definitely in the investment grade space. Uh, as you go way down the credit spectrum and the muni universe goes from AAA to, to non-rated, so there are struggling credits out there uh, that are economically sensitive, you, you could see, I would say, a low level of defaults in, in those types of credits. But overall, uh, muni default rates and recessions are, are re relatively low compared to corporates and, uh, and, and most other kind of credit asset classes out there. So I, I think we can be, yeah, I think we can be pretty confident that, that in a recession, and I know that recession, the odds of recession, a, a recession has has gone down a little bit. Uh, muni credit should outperform. Very good. Thank you for kind of giving us the balanced answer, the the opportunities and the risks involved. I do want to close on a positive and have you tell me where are you finding the best opportunities and what are your expectations for the rest of 2023. Yeah, I, I mentioned I think there's always opportunities in, in the muni market and you know sector specific. We we like airports, we like toll roads, we like transportation credits. Um, we, we even are looking at the hospital sector, and that that's a big issuer in our market. Uh, and and it seems profitability may have uh, troughed, and and we're seeing better performance out of the hospital sector there. And that that's a, a sector that really got beaten up during COVID and and hasn't really. Uh, perform particularly well. So, you know, sometimes we're zigging when other people are zagging uh, and, and we're putting our money in, in spaces that we think will outperform over the next couple of years, even if they're they're struggling now. Um, and, and the hospital space is, is one of those. But, you know, I, I think you you would do well to move down the credit spectrum. And, and again, you need to do your research to, to be able to do that and then potentially moving out the curve. So, you know, I, I think we we do expect volatility here in the rates market. Um, we, we've certainly seen that. Um, but if if I would say last year was any guide, uh, September, October are usually pretty bad months in, in the muni market. Uh, and if you look at the the chart of, of returns this year relative to last year, uh, September and October look very similar. And, and last year, November and December were really strong months. So some of the dynamics in our market change in December, we get a lot less issuance uh, in the last two months of the year. Uh, we, we generally see some retail interest at that point. So 
The technicals should be getting better. Again, all this depends on the broader rate market here. Um, and, and I think that hopefully our, our investors are, are thinking about what they're doing with their cash over the long term. You know, cash is, is just a place to hide. Uh, and, and ultimately, I think a lot of that money is long term fixed income investments that, that hasn't been put to work. So, you know, I, I think that we're, we're positive, um, but we're putting our seatbelt on here for, for the ride. Uh, and, and it has been a, a bit of a wild ride. But, you know, we're investing in bonds that are eight to 20 years in maturity. So we have to take a longer term outlook. And, you know, we haven't seen a better entry point than this uh, in, in probably a decade. So, you know, I think they're a great, great place to be uh, right now. Uh, you may have to sit tight uh, before you really get the total return kicking in, though. Well, maybe we need to change the saying of these only two things you can get that are guaranteed in life, and that would be volatility and taxes. <laughs> and with a muni bond fund, you can take advantage of both, right? So that that's how we'll, we'll approach it from here. Hey, Adam, it's wonderful to talk to you. It's great to go deep on an asset class and, and hear from a professional how they're approaching the market, how they're managing the dynamics. So we appreciate you being on. Folks, if you want to hear more, please subscribe to the Portfolio Intelligence Podcast on iTunes or visit our website, jhinvestments.com, to read our viewpoints on macro trends, portfolio construction techniques, business building ideas, and much, much more. As always, thanks for listening to the show. This podcast is being brought to you by John Hancock Investment Management Distributors, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speaker, are subject to change as market and other conditions warrant, and do not constitute investment advice or a recommendation regarding any specific product or security. There is no guarantee that any investment strategy discussed will be successful or achieve any particular level of results. Any economic or market performance information is historical and is not indicative of future results, and no forecasts are guaranteed. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Fixed income investments are subject to interest rate and credit risk. Their value will normally decline as interest rates rise or if an issuer is unable or unwilling to make principal or interest payments. Investments in higher yielding, lower rated securities include a higher risk of default. Municipal bond prices can decline due to fiscal mismanagement or tax shortfalls or if related projects become unprofitable. This material does not constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice and is for informational purposes only and is not meant as investment advice. Please consult your tax or financial professional before making any investment decisions.